Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our weekly broadcast and podcast. Um, Last week, we all we talked about it was Thanksgiving. So we talked a little bit about or a lot about the science of gratitude and success. Um, and that's one of my favorite topics. And this week, Brian's going to talk to us more than I will about how rental property depreciation works. And he created an awesome calculator. I was messing around with it before we came on today. And so go for it, Brian, start us off. All right. Well, you know, I'm going to start by uh, <laughs> giving a little disclosure here that I am not an accountant. I am not a tax attorney or, or even a tax expert, uh, but we are going to walk through the basics of depreciation and what you need to know about it as a real estate investor, because it's one of the least understood tax benefits of rental properties. And a lot of landlords don't take advantage of it. So first of all, you can depreciate the value of the building, but not the land. So the way this works is that when you buy a property, let's say you spend $150,000 on a rental property. Of that, 100,000 is the building, 50,000 is the land. So that 100,000 that the building is valued at, that you can deduct over the course of 27 and a half years is what the IRS allows. So you can take a deduction every year, one, 27 and a half <laughs> of the value of the building when you buy it. Now, there are some other costs you can add in there and also depreciate alongside the purchase value of the building. Uh, most closing costs you can depreciate as a real estate investor. You can also depreciate capital improvements that extend the lifespan of the building or improve the value of the building. So those can all and be those added in. things like adding a room yeah a new roof uh, if you go out and replace all the windows to upgrade them uh, if you replace the uh, heating system or replace all the plumbing you know, any, any of the mechanical systems anything that extends the usable lifespan of the building you can depreciate along with the value of the building itself so following that example you buy a property for $150,000 50,000 of that is valued uh, at the land, $100,000 of that is valued for the building. So you can divide that $100,000 for the building over 27 and a half years. How do I have that half in there? <laughs> right, yeah, just to, just to throw an extra wrinkle at you. And then that's what you can uh, deduct each year. So in that particular example, that would be $3,636 every year. You can deduct from your taxable income for depreciation. Now that is except for the first year, which is prorated, uh, and the last year, which you have a, a half year on. Um, <laughs> uh, and you know there may not even, that 28th year, you may not be able to deduct anything for depreciation if you bought the property uh, earlier than halfway through the first year. <laughs> so uh, you know it, it gets a little mind bending there. But we did create a free rental property depreciation calculator to make this way easier for you guys. 
which you can use. So we're going to put a link to that in the comments here. And we've got our, our first question here from Sandeep. Uh, he says, I bought a property in 2020 and also refinanced the same property in 2020. Wow. Should I depreciate all closing costs over 27 and a half years or deduct from income? So Sandeep, some closing costs you can deduct immediately uh, as same year deductions. Some closing costs you have to depreciate. Now, which ones fall under which category, you're going to have to speak with an accountant about. Um, we, we can't get into all that here. Uh, even if I knew all the answers to that, all the nitty gritty, which I, which I can't say that I do. So, uh, so Sandy, yeah, the answer is it, it, it depends on the closing costs. Some you can depreciate uh, over the 27 and a half years. Some you can deduct immediately uh, for this year. Uh, and Tim Dooley says, love this topic. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tim. Uh, we always love seeing you, Tim. Tim's a regular. Uh, all right. So let's, let's talk for a second here about uh, depreciation recapture. So when you sell the rental property, you have to pay back the money that you deducted to the IRS. Um, not in so many, not exactly what you, what you deducted, but any money that you deducted, uh, that will be taxed at your regular income tax rate when you go to sell the property. Uh, now that is capped at 25%, however, whereas currently uh, the highest federal tax income rate is 37%. So you are if you're at the higher income tax rate, there is a cap on this. So you're, there's still a tax benefit there. But even if there weren't, there is still a tax benefit because it delays you having to pay taxes. So it's in some ways, it's a free loan from the IRS is one way of thinking about it, um, which is always worth doing because then you can use that money and invest it and earn a return on right. it. But you know, even if, if that weren't the case, you can still avoid the depreciation recapture by avoiding... Uh, capital gains tax on the real estate. Now, like we just said, uh, depreciation recapture is not taxed at the lower capital gains tax rate. It is taxed at your normal uh, income tax rate capped at 25%. Um, but you can still avoid paying depreciation recapture through the same kinds of tactics that you use to avoid paying capital gains taxes. Uh, classic example being 1031 exchanges. Um, but you know, you can you can use all kinds of tactics to avoid paying capital gains taxes on real estate. You know, for example, you can keep the property indefinitely as a rental and just keep refinancing it. Every time you pay it off, you can just keep pulling the money out and then letting your tenants pay down that mortgage for you again. Right. And then, you know, keep it until you die, right? And pass it on to your children. And at that point, it gets, becomes part of your estate. And the first, what is it, something like five and a half million dollars of your estate is tax-free at this point. Uh, is exempt from from uh, state taxes, so there are all kinds of things you can do to avoid and minimize capital gains taxes, and that's a whole another topic in itself. Which, yeah, it is. which we should actually we should do that soon. We should go through that soon. Uh, but I added a, a link. In the Just again well. to to for full disclosure, this is complicated stuff, and to to get your full maximum value, you want to contact not only just an accountant. But you want to you want somebody who knows real estate like the back of their hand. Absolutely, yeah. This depreciation does get complicated quickly. Um, the one one point that's worth mentioning here: we we mentioned that the first year when you buy the property, uh, that the de depreciation is prorated. It's prorated by month, so it's on one month intervals. So when you go in and use that 
uh, rental property depreciation calculator, you'll actually see there's a selection there. You can select which month you bought the property in, and then it will tell you exactly how much you can depreciate in that first year, uh, because that is going to be different than the subsequent years, uh, which are, you know, you get the full year's depreciation instead of just the partial year's depreciation. Uh, but that is divvied up by month, not by day, not by quarter. So that's a tip there if you have bought a property this year. That's awesome. And it's fun. I was messing around with it. I actually opened my eyes to this whole subject of which I like to close my eyes before. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and you're not alone in that. So many landlords find the whole concept of de depreciation so confusing that they just ignore it and don't worry about it and don't hassle with it. But they end up giving up some extra cash flow that they could be earning on their property mm -hmm. for those first 27 and a half years. Uh, it does improve your cash flow by helping you reduce your taxable income. It's a paper expense that you can write off. So in many cases, landlords will, will show a loss on their rental properties, even though they actually made money in real life. You know, it's, so it's a, it's a paper expense. Um, and it does, it improves your cash flow by uh, lowering the amount of taxes you have to pay each year. And then you can use that savings to, to snowball your income even further by, by funneling those savings back into income producing investments like new rental properties or like stocks or shares in a REIT or, you know, whatever it is. So, right. All right. We're going to keep this one super short and sweet today. Uh, Denny, do you have any last comments before we wrap things up? No, um, just as you guys are um, listening to this and you're watch watching this or listening to our podcast, if you could give us a review. Also, let us have some feedback. Let us know what you think or if you have any uh, subjects that you would like us to cover. Um, throw them our way. Absolutely. And we do have a uh, comment here from Sandeep. He says, I depreciated my property for 12 years and then did a 1031 exchange, which gave me even more savings with a giant smiley face there. So Sandeep, <laughs> that is definitely something to smile about. <laughs> and, Sandeep, uh, we're uh, learning from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's great. I mean, and that is one of the, the beautiful things about investing in real estate is all the tax advantages. You can go out and you can keep snowballing your portfolio of properties and keep funneling all of these tax savings back into the portfolio to keep growing it even faster and to eventually build enough passive income that you don't have to work anymore, <laughs> which is you know, which is what Denny and I are all about, uh, financial independence with real estate. And, and uh, Edwin Torres gave us a shout out and he loves uh, every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Thank you, Edwin. Well, Edwin, we love that you join us every Tuesday at 2. So thanks for joining us and thanks for the comment. All right, on that note, we're going to wrap things up, but let us know what you want to hear about next Tuesday at 2. And we do release this as a podcast uh, on uh, on Thursdays every week, uh, you know, two days after it goes live. So you can listen to it as a podcast as well. Although if you do that, then you can't ask questions live to us. So. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next Tuesday, 2 o'clock Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Have a great week, you guys. And reach out. Don't be a stranger. Let us know what you want to hear about next week. And we will see you on the flip side. Did you know we offer a free eight-video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information. Visit sparkrental.com slash learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us, and we will catch you on the flip side.